Good morning. How we doing, Bridge? Everybody doing good? Let's hear it for Jesus. Can we hear it? Man, three people baptized this morning, three in the next service. So, so excited about what God is doing. Pastor Jim is away. Uh, I'm Pastor Andy. I'm the pastor of Congregational Life here at the Bridge. I'm so happy to be with you today. Uh, he is praying over our new location in Smithfield. Can we hear it for what Jesus is doing in this place? <laughs> So excited. And we got some new owners in the house. I want to recognize them. They are coming up on the screen. Let's give a hand for all of our new owners at the bridge. We are so, so excited that they are a part of our family, and we just love you so, so very much. Um, such an honor to be here. We are in the Beatitudes, and uh, we have been talking about the blessing of life, all the blesseds, and we just got started last week. We talked about humility, uh, all about humility and what God has for us and how He wants us to approach uh, this life that He's given us. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for they shall what? They shall inherit the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are the poor in spirit. You know, it's funny when we read the Beatitudes, um, they're opposite to us. Uh, but one is most opposite to me. And it is the one we're talking about today. The second beatitude is blessed are those who mourn. Uh, you know, it's like we're saying we're happy to be sad. It doesn't make sense. The rich are, are poor, the young are old, the skinny are And I might be able to get behind that one. <laughs> I might just be skinny again. So, uh, but we looked at the poor in spirit and the whole idea of humility last week. And today we're looking at Matthew chapter 5 verse 4. Blessed are they that mourn for they shall be comforted. And I want to look at two sides of mourning today. The first side of mourning is the loss of someone dear to us on this earth. What Jesus is literally saying here is, happy is the person who recognizes his grief and looks to God and his word for counsel. When the morning comes, we will find comfort in God. This is a difficult message today. It's a difficult message for me today because I'm in the midst of saying goodbye to my father and um, I'm sorry but grieving is a hard thing isn't it? It's a hard thing. Many of you are going through it. Many of you I have walked through it with you and uh, it's different when it's you, isn't it? It's different when it, when it hits close. But God gives us some promises in his word that we can hold on to. And his promises are found in Matthew 5, 4 and in many other places in scripture. 
Because when we're grieving, it comes in waves. Grieving the loss of someone we love, it flows like the waves of the ocean. You know, we're fine for a while and then we're riding down the road or we're sitting in the house or I'm baptizing somebody in this pool. And it hits you like a ton of bricks. The realization of what your new reality is is like a wall that you run into. But what does God say to us about that? Yes, it's heavy. Yes, it's hard. Yes, it's painful. But what does God say? Well, the first step we take in this process of mourning, is we have to realize that God is with us. How many of you are thankful to know that God is with you? Isn't that a good thing to know? See, the first thing that happens when pain comes is we find ourselves thinking, God, where did you go? Where are you in this? Did you leave me? Am I all alone here? Do you even know what I'm going through? And if he does know what I'm going through, why doesn't he do something about it? Have you ever been there? Have you ever felt that? When I pray, why don't I feel anything? Before you know it, we think God isn't even listening. But you need to hear the truth that we find in his word. And the first truth is that God is aware. Psalm 23, 4 says, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will what? I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Whatever you're grieving about today, God is aware. And you can grieve about a lot of things. We just talked about the loss of a loved one, the loss of a pet, painful also. The loss of a, a friendship, a relationship, no matter what you're grieving Often we feel like we're left alone, but you're not alone. You're not alone. He is aware and He is near. Psalm 62.8 says, Trust in Him at all times, O people. Pour out your hearts to Him, for God is our refuge. He is our refuge. Truth number two, God cares. He cares. He's aware of what you're going through and he cares about what you're going through. Nahum 1.7 says, The Lord is good, a refuge in the time of trouble. He cares for those who trust in him. Your pain matters to God. It matters to him. And he's created a system. Yes, we have the freedom of choice, but it doesn't mean that God doesn't care. And then lastly, God wants to help you. Hebrews 4.16 Let us approach God with confidence so we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. Approach God with confidence knowing that He will help us and we will find mercy and grace in Him. God doesn't just offer concern. He's not here for you today saying, I'm, I'm so sorry and, and I'll be thinking about you. He's here. He's available and He's ready to meet you right where you are. 
But there's another truth that we need to mention. Sometimes we grow through pain, but then other people get stuck in it. Some of us will go on with our lives and grow and God will pour into us and some of us have not been able to get past hurt, grief, mourning. And the difference is what you do with your grief. How are you dealing with your grief? Has something happened in your life and you just got locked there? I'm not trying to be insensitive, but if you acknowledge that God cares and wants to help, there's another thing you have to do in order for healing to come, and that is you got to release the hurt. You got to release it. You got to let it go. You got to stop focusing on what is lost and start focusing on what is left. Can I get an amen? And can I tell you something? When we're grieving the loss of someone we love, we ain't lost them if they know Jesus. You know, my heart is heavy today, and I apologize for just the raw emotion, but I'm human and I can't help it. And but you know what? I ain't going to lose my daddy. I know where he's going. You haven't lost your daddy. You haven't lost your mom. You haven't lost your son. And you haven't lost your daughter. If they know Jesus, we know exactly where they are. And we know one day we're going to be reunited with them again. And until that day comes, we got to release the hurts so we can help other people. Somebody else is going through this. I'm not the first one, and I won't be the last one, and neither are you. But we got to release it. we got to let it go. Isaiah 43, verse 18 says, Do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing, says the Lord. Amen. Isaiah was, uh, or Israel rather, was stuck in the past of what might have been. And God said, you got to let that go. And you've got to embrace what is here. You've got to embrace what God has given you. You've got to look back. When mourning the loss of someone you love, you look back with gratitude and say, God, thank you that they were a part of my life. The ripple effect. You remember that sermon series that we did a while back? Man, the impact of our loved one's lives on us The reason I got emotional doing that baptism today is I'm thinking about my dad and the fact that I know Jesus today because of him. Because I do, I stand in this place and I've answered a call that he has always been my greatest cheerleader in. And I am grateful for that. I am thankful for that. I am blessed even in the morning. I am a man most richly blessed. But we got to let it go. We got to understand that God is here, that he cares and he wants to help. I'm going to say that several times through the course of this message today because I want you to understand that and I want you to get that. He cares He's there and he wants to help you.
but also we have to focus on what he wants us to do in the future. Before he can begin to work a new work in us, we got to do step three. We got to rely on the resources of God. We got to rely on the resources of God. What are the resources that God has made available to us here today? Blessed are they that mourn, for they will be comforted. How are we comforted? Well, some people turn to the wrong things. We've all seen it in the lives of people when they mourn. Sometimes people turn to alcohol. They turn to drugs. They turn to to work, just busyness, all to dull the pain. But all of those are only temporary fixes because there's one thing that you can rest assured is always going to happen at some point during that day of your life is that everything's going to get quiet and everything's going to get still. And then you're left to deal with what you have not dealt with. Am I right? Does it go away? It don't go away. We can cover it up in public. We can cover it up in front of people. We can put on a a brave face. How you doing today? I'm fine. I'm fine. We're not fine. If you're not fine, don't be fine. You know? And if it weirds people out when you cry in front of them, I'm surprised half of you hadn't got up and left already. But, you know, if it weirds them out, it weirds them out. But you're, you're going through what you're going through. Go through it and be honest about it. Rely on the resources God has given you because He's here for you. What are the comforters? What are the resources He's given us? First thing He's given us is His Word. God has given us his word. We say, I've never heard the voice of God. Have you ever opened the Bible and read it? You've heard him speak. That is him speaking to us. His word. Fill your mind with this book. Don't own a Bible. If you own a Bible, it sits on the coffee table in front of your television. And everybody sees you have one. And then they know they can pray for you before they leave your house. Because you'll receive that. Digest a Bible. If you have a Bible, digest it. Let it become a part of who you are. Pour it into your life. The psalmist said it this way. In Psalm 119, beginning in verse 52. I remember, Lord, your ancient laws and find comfort in them. In the night, Lord, I remember your name that I may keep your law. How do we remember His Word? How do we remember the law of God? Well, we we sit down with the Bible with a highlighter and a pen and we read it and we study it and we become a student of it. I see Mike Moss sitting down here at the front. I don't know any greater student of the Bible than that man right there. He could get up here and do a way better job than I'm doing and probably quote half of it without even having to open it. Digest the word of God. Let it be in you. Get another color highlighter. If you're, if you're highlighting uh, verses of comfort in the book of Psalms in yellow, then take another color highlighter and, and highlight the promises of God. How many of you know that we have more than 7,000 promises from God in his word? 
That's a lot of promises. And you know what's awesome? We've, if you've walked with God for any amount of time, you've witnessed over and over and over again Him keeping the promises that He's made to us. He is so faithful. He is so faithful. Trust Him. You say, I've never seen Him keep a promise. I don't know He's ever kept a promise from me. You've got to start trusting Him. And you've got to start looking for Him at work in your life. And if you do that, you will see Him fulfill those promises. Set a long time aside to read your Bible. It's one of the purposes of bridge groups. The reason we, we just had promo month for bridge groups. And of course, you know the bridge group guys going to have to stand up here and talk about bridge groups for just a second. But part of the point of bridge groups is, yes, it's, it's community and camaraderie, but it's also getting into God's Word and reading and studying and praying for one another and loving on one another. And the rewards of that are incredible. What's another resource available to us? The Spirit of God is available to us. His Word and His Spirit. In John 14, 15, uh, Jesus told his disciples, the spirit of truth is going to come after I ascend and be an advocate for you. The Holy Spirit will be your comforter and be your guide. And when we ask Jesus, when we pray and we repent and we, we ask him to come into our heart and our life, he lives in us in the person of the Holy Spirit. He is not just with us, he is in us. But God calls us to be filled with the Spirit. Romans 15, 13. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in Him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Jesus said, I want to be in your life. And what we say is, God, I need your forgiveness. I need your comfort. And Lord, I need the gift of the Holy Spirit. God, it's only by your Spirit that I can do this through tough times and difficult times when they come if we will read his word and the spirit of God is guiding and directing our lives we will get through the tough stuff of life sometimes it's just barreling through it you know oftentimes we want God to just take us out of it God, just make this go away. Let me go to bed tonight, and when I wake up in the morning, I just want it to be gone. And it just doesn't do that oftentimes because it's through our pain and it's through our grief oftentimes we learn the greatest lessons in life. And so God wants us to, to understand that and to face those things with His help and in His strength. We see people here at the bridge every day dealing with emotional pain, physical pain, parenting pain, marital issues, financial stuff, all that, all of that. All of you are facing that. We all got our stuff. I said Wednesday night in, in, in my group uh, that meets over here in Bridge Kids, I said, you know, we were taking prayer requests and we had one or two and finally I just looked at everybody and said, we all got stuff, don't we? We all got it. If I took a prayer request right now, all of you got something. You may not raise your hand and say, this is my need. But do we all have stuff? We all got stuff going on. I just happen to have the platform and a microphone today, and I'm telling you a little bit about my stuff. But you got stuff too. You got stuff. We all got it. How do we deal with it? How do ordinary people get through this? How do we deal with it day in and day out? 
Well, we spend time in His Word. We're empowered by the Spirit and we deal with our grief and pain in life as it comes. And one of the other ways that we do that is by the third resource that God has made available to us and that is people. I don't want to do this without you. I don't. Now I haven't resorted to stalking and standing outside your house and saying I'm not going to do this without you. But if you ignore me enough I might. Okay. <laughs> I know where you live. I got the database access. So. <laughs> We need each other, don't we? We need each other. God has given us the resource of one another. And that is why I implore you when people come to you and say, how are you doing? When they know that you've been going through a season of grief, don't say, I'm doing fine, if you're not. Because they didn't just happen to come by today and talk to you. God's got a hand in that. Be honest about it because it's an opportunity for a little bit more healing to happen in your life. Here's the thing about mourning. See, God said we're blessed if we're mourned. Why? Because we will be comforted. We will be comforted by His Word. We will be comforted by His Spirit. We will be comforted by His people. Have you had an opportunity to be a comfort to someone recently? I encourage you to do that. I challenge you to break out of your comfort zone. If you're hurting, find somebody that's been through something similar to what you're going through. If you know they've endured that, go talk to them. They may not be ready to talk to you. They may not be ready to help you at this moment. But, but you'll eventually, if you keep seeking that person out, you'll find them. And if you've been through that... And God has healed you and God has helped you and God has strengthened you. Be available to other people who may need the same thing. And, and look, the reality is they may not come to you and ask. You may just have to sit down because you've noticed for three weeks on Sunday morning when they walk into this worship auditorium, they sit by themselves and talk to no one and they look like they are carrying the weight of the world and all they're waiting on is you to just walk up and put your arm around them and say, how are you doing? Really? I really want to know. And that's all it takes. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 3 through 4, The God of all comfort comforts us in all troubles so that we can comfort others with the comfort we ourselves have received from God. Amen. Amen. I, look, my heart is heavy today, but I ain't staying here. Because the God of all comfort is comforting me, even now. And I'm going to be able to give that to somebody else. What a privilege. What a blessing. What an opportunity we have. But there's another facet to this jewel. Okay? You know, when we talk about mourning, yes, we are, we're referring to, to mourning a person who has passed away, mourning the loss of a loved one, mourning the death of a friendship, mourning the, even the death of a pet because they become a part of our family, right? And we bring them in and, it, and it's heavy and it hurts. But the second thing that this word mourning refers to is mourning 
over sin in our life. God wants us to mourn sin. There's an order. And that's why Jesus said, blessed are the poor in spirit. Because once we realize we're poor in spirit, that we're, we're bankrupt before God, the next step is mourning over the sin in our life. The important is, the, the first that I talked about is very practical, but the most important thing that we need to mourn is our sin. We've got to understand what it is before the sight of Almighty God, and we've got to learn how to deal with that. I think one of the greatest passages of Scripture, and I did not put it in your notes, and I apologize, but in Psalm 51, when David is lamenting over his sin with Bathsheba, and he comes before the Lord, and he's praying, and he's asking for forgiveness. Beginning in verse 16, David says, You do not delight in sacrifice, or I would bring it, God. You don't take pleasure in burnt offerings, my sacrifice, O oh God, do you know the verse, is a broken spirit. A broken and a contrite heart, you, O oh God, will not despise. What does that mean? God wants us to come to Him honestly, earnestly, understanding the impact of our sin on our life and on eternity and say, God, I just, I'm, I'm undone. And I ask you to forgive me for what I have done. I ask you to wash my sins away. And then it says in verse 18, May it please you to prosper Zion, to build up the walls of Jerusalem. Then, verse 19, you will delight in the sacrifices of the righteous, in the burnt offerings offered whole, and the, bull, the bulls, uh, then the bulls will be offered on the altar. What does that verse mean? It means the first thing we got to deal with is the issue of our heart. Then we can bring all these other sacrifices to Him. But oftentimes in the church we get it backwards. We bring the sacrifice of praise hoping that God will overlook the stain of the sin that we have not dealt with and brought to Him. We come to church on Sunday morning and I'm not talking about anybody in this service. But we come to church on Sunday morning, oftentimes in the big C church, and we do all the stuff. And we know, man, I can, look, I was rebelling against God and running as hard away from Him as I could at 17 and 18 years old. And I could go and talk to the, to the folks that I respected in the church that I grew up in, and I knew how to say yes ma'am and no ma'am and yes brother and no brother. I even knew where to put in the amens and the hallelujahs and all that stuff, I could do it. You didn't do too many. I grew up in a little Southern Baptist church. You get too excited and then they start looking at you and going, what did he do last night? <laughs> he did something bad. He's saying amen way too much today. But God's interested in our heart. He's interested in us mourning the stuff that we've done, when you came to Christ, there should have been a sorrow, a godly sorrow over your sin. Godly sorrow produces repentance, and repentance leads to change. But people often ask, how can I do that? I've tried over and over. This is our dilemma. When we're in sin, especially, I want to speak to the issue of secret sin really quick. 
when we're dealing with a secret sin, we're battling with that thing. It's, it's this thing that's got a grip in our lives. If it's pornography, if it's whatever it is, maybe we're hiding a, a habit from the people that love us the most. And, well, we think we're hiding it. Probably more people know you're doing it than you realize. But, but when we have secret sin in our life, there's this area in our life that we're bound to. We, there's a bondage there. And we're in this bondage and, and we do it over and over again. And then we, and, and, and we go through this. It's, it's almost a cycle. You could really, if you sat down this morning, you, you don't even have to really know a lot about how to do this. But you could chart the sin pattern in your life. And it's just cyclical, you know. It's, I'm good for a while. Everything's going great. I'm doing good. I'm, now I'm not praying and I'm not in my Bible as much because, hey, man, things are good. And why would I do the things that got me here? I'm just going to do my thing because, you know, I can make that happen. And, and then we kind of get slack in some areas. And then we see this thing start creeping back into our lives. And we look again. And before we know it, we're deeper than we've ever been in it and you're going what in the world is going on I got to deal with this thing again and we get on our knees and we say God please help me change I want to change I need to change and how do we do that Psalm 51 brokenness contrition over our sin is how we do that is it possible that we have not changed because we haven't known godly sorrow is it possible that we are not blessed because we've not mourned over our sin? We're not really sorry for our sin. We just, man, I, Jesus, I need the ticket, you know. I need to get on the train when it comes through the station so I can get to heaven. But till then, I'll, I'll, you know, I'm going to be over here doing my thing and then I'll, I'll check you out at the end. Or do we mourn over it? Is there a repentance? Is there a turning away from our sin? Is it possible that we don't have joy because we have not been sorrowful? I want you to think about someone that you love in your life that you have lost. The first person that we talked about. The first type of mourning that we talked about here. Think about that. Now I want, to think about, I want you to think about this. I want you to think about how much joy you're going to have the first time you see that loved one in heaven. Can you just take a moment to think about that? Think about the joy you're going to have. Those that have gone before us, the joy we're going to have when we see them. Do you know why your joy is going to be so great? Because your mourning, because the sorrow that you had when that person passed was so great. And it's going to be so good to see them again your comfort is going to be incredible because you experienced mourning so is it possible that we could experience that same joy of our salvation if we're able to mourn over our sin is it possible and I'm not saying you haven't done it here this morning. And I know that this message is, is kind of heavy. And it's, you know, you, you're going to get up today and go, Oh boy, I'm glad we went to church. Pastor Andy just made us so happy today, you know. But it's a real part of life, isn't it? It's part of living in this world. But I'm telling you, if you get nothing else that I say today, get this right here. We got to mourn over the sin in our life if we mourn as if someone had died 
we might just come to the place where we see sin the way God sees sin. When we bring that thing to Him and say, God, I just ask you to forgive me. I ask you to forgive me of of what has happened, what the, the choices that I've made and, and how far I've been from you. And I come to you recognizing that the only way to the Father is through the Son. And I am truly, truly sorry for the things that I've done. You know, there's two different times we're sorry in this life. You know that, right? Sorry for what we did because we did it and we're truly remorseful for it or we're sorry we got caught. And I've been both, and you have too. So today the question is, and for many of you, the answer is yes, I truly have mourned my sin. I truly have been sorry for the sin in my life. But maybe you're here today, and when you begin to think about the, your own life and your own heart, you're like, you know, I really... I really haven't. I've been going to church. I've been, I've been going through the, the motions and doing all, all the right stuff, you know. And when people ask me if I'm a, a believer in Jesus, I say, yes, I go to the bridge. And that's not what they're asking. Have you given your heart and your life to Jesus? Have you done what Eddie did? taken that step to publicly profess hey not only did I do this maybe in the stillness of a moment but I want the world to know Jesus loves me or Alexis or Paul who was in this baptismal pool this morning maybe it's your time just maybe this morning God has brought a person Across your path. Not that can do anything for you. Except point you in the direction of the one who can save you. Deliver you. Heal you. Comfort you. And give you the peace that you've been looking for your whole life. But haven't found in anything that you've done thus far. And you sit here this morning frustrated and aggravated about why you can't get past this rut that you're in and God is saying to you this morning right now trust me come to me find out the blessing in mourning so that you may be comforted by God and brought into the fold adopted in to his family would you bow your heads with me as we pray today God there's a lot in this word in that little verse of scripture that we just read we find so much there God the most valuable thing we find there is the blessing of acknowledging our need for you, Lord Jesus, and the sin that separates us from you. You're our advocate.
You're there for us. You intercede for us. And you're here in this moment drawing us to you. What will we do? Blessed are those who mourn for they will be comforted. Blessed are those who acknowledge their need for Jesus and the sin in their life and come to you with brokenness. In Psalm 51, 17, it says, you say to us, God, that a broken heart over our sin you won't despise it you won't turn away maybe we haven't come to you up to this point in our life because of fear of rejection maybe we haven't come to you up to this point in our life because of shame because we've lived this facade in front of everyone for so long that if man if I do that right now they'll know brokenness and contrition don't care when we're truly undone by the work God is doing in our heart we don't care who's beside us we don't care who knows we just know we got to get it right with God today God, I've given 26 years of my life in full-time ministry for this moment. Right now. God's dealing with your heart. You know you need to make things right. Maybe coming to Him for the very first time or coming and making a recommitment. You've gotten far from God and you know you need to get things right. Will you say yes to Him today? Will today be your day? I don't often do this, but I'm going to ask with every head bowed and every eye closed, if you here today and you say today I say yes to God I'm tired of the cycle of sin I'm tired of the stuff in my life and I'm genuinely sorrowful for that I, I mourn it because I want comfort I want peace and I want deliverance I want freedom from the bondage of this in my life and it's only found in Jesus Today I say yes to him. Would you just lift your hand right where you are and say, I say yes. I say yes. I see those hands. I see those hands. Oh God, thank you so much for the work you've done in this place today. Thank you for the freedom we have experienced. And God, we celebrate with the angels in heaven what you have done in this place today. Can we give God the glory? for life change this morning.
you made a decision for Jesus or even a recommitment, I would love to know it. You can text New Life to 55498 and let us know that you made a decision to follow Jesus today. Has it been good to be in the house of the Lord this morning? Amen. I love you guys. God bless you. If you're a guest of ours for the first time, don't forget to stop on your way out and get your gift. Make sure you give them your card. Thank you so much for being in church. We'll see you tonight at Sunday Night Live. God bless you. Have a good afternoon.